the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, guys, uh, just continuing here, just trying to put out really good show for you guys. Um, look, as close as Jake Burns and I are, it's it's every week may not happen. Jake's got obviously a ton on his plate now as you know uh, everything works out for him now, not only with the stuff at the OBR and the stuff he's doing on his own with the Browns film work, and also now with you know Cleveland.com. Uh, me here, look, trying to put together five to six shows each week for you guys of, you know, solid stuff that you're all going to enjoy. But when we can get together, you know it's going to be a good time. Jake, buddy, how's everything going? How you been? Jeff, man, I'm good. It's busy. You know how it is. You you go through the same grind. It's it's uh, it's it's wishing for Sunday uh, wins and, and frustrating weird season. But, I'm you know, I'm good. I'm hanging in there, putting out some content, hopefully – Hopefully, helping people understand why they're why they're just not finishing games. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and you know, look, if you want to get to the simplest of things, you know, on you know Sunday, leaving a field goal that maybe you could have had before half, the QB sneak. Look, it's it, I'm not going to put this on coaches, and everybody wants to like think I'm pointing a finger at somebody. I just don't like QB sneaks, and I really don't like QB sneaks when my quarterback is just about six feet tall, and he's a rookie. And I just had a running back that I said, you're my guy. You're so much my guy. I threw somebody the heck out of here. We all boarded a plane for Tampa. We put him on a plane in Jacksonville. So I think it would have been the perfect spot to give Nick Chubb the ball and say, look, you're our guy. Go get me this damn one yard, and let's get the heck out of here with a win. Obviously, another story for another time. Maybe we'll get that a little bit later. Um, Jake, Baker Mayfield, look, uh, what we're starting to see now is, and if we saw it you know, with the Ravens, if we saw it with the Chargers, saw it a little bit with Tampa, and look, this is what's going to happen. Even if you have really good success early, you are a rookie. Now there's film, and there's been guys who've been coaching and playing in this league for a really long time, and they can all get together and say, well, if we can kind of take away a little bit of this, or we can take away a little bit of that, we can kind of make the day a little bit tougher for them. Uh, I think we saw a lot of that the first half on Sunday. Second half, he was able to get things going cooking. Everything's still positive, and it's not a knock on Baker at all. These are stu- it's just stuff he's going to have to deal with. You've got to roll with the punches. I think he's doing a great job of it, but we're starting to see some times now where they may have a little bit more, and then the coaching staff has to counteract now what the defenses are doing to him. Yeah, yeah. So they they certainly have adjusted. Um, I think we talked about the Jets not really game planning for Mayfield, and that was that was true. You know, when he came in, they they did not they did not throw a very well. But also, it was a short week. So, I mean, there's oh, only yeah. so much you can do. And, you know, and I think part of it was, is they said, well, Tyrod Taylor's starting. What are we going to do to make sure Tyrod Taylor's legs don't beat us? Absolutely. They they did what they needed to do to plan for what they thought they were going to get. That's – it's pretty simple. You know, they, they – um, uh, next week out against uh, Oakland, I believe, at that time, it was, yep. it was a lot of the same. They hadn't quite figured out how to play him. And then uh, Baltimore sort of put a – plan in place that I think most teams are going to use going forward, which is a good portion, probably 80% man-to-man coverage. You're going to walk down, sugar blitz them in the A-gaps here and there. You're going to show stuff in bail. You're going you're gonna to go from closed to open coverage. What I mean by that is showing a single high and going to two high or showing two high and then rolling to one high. That's that's closed coverage. Um you're gonna you're gonna see that stuff. They're gonna try to mess with him mentally, make things seem like they're moving faster than what they are, and then they're going to also, uh, like I said, play man to man, walk down, make these receivers who are not great man to man beaters beat them, um, and then they're going to play sound rush lane 
um, disciplined football up front. They're going to get upfield. What the, the the plan in place they have is most teams have have employed is get upfield on these two tackles who are very beatable. Get upfield, beat them with speed. Um, when you get to the top of Baker's shoulder, work back inside, and then your D tackles are drive bull rush guys, and they're just playing lane disciplined football, trying to maintain them in the pocket. So they don't want big wide open pass lanes. They're trying to bull rush the interior into his face which can give you issues for a shorter quarterback. you got to find lanes to throw. So it's going to be important for the Browns to counteract that. Offensively, I wrote the long article today on looking at seven of his throws that he took a while to get the ball out. He's missing some guys here and there. But this is this is what I need people to understand. That article is not a, a tear Baker Mayfield down article. It's just saying, hey, this rookie is missing some opportunities here and there. Now, there are also instances within the article and outside the article where there is no separation balls are being dropped and the offensive line is struggling there's no doubt about that they're struggling in situations as you know jeff you played football like i did any time an offense is fumbling its way through a game there are going to be issues between different guys on different plays like it just no one play is the same as the next and there are going to be issues and different breakdowns and it's really tough to get 11 guys on the same page when it does happen that way it's a thing of beauty and they've done it on occasion but they're not getting it enough so I wanted to pinpoint that yes the offensive line is struggling I don't need to show you that you're seeing it weekly yes we're dropping footballs you're seeing it weekly there are separation issues here and there but there are some situations where Mayfield is missing people that he needs to be able to find so that is something he's going to have to work on when he hits the top of that fifth step you know or third step in certain situations depending on timing that they want to go with he's got to know where to get the ball out right away because they're asking a lot of Mayfield they're asking a ton of the rookie responsibility wise reading the whole field kind of dissecting where he should be going with the football it is not a simple offense for him. I think they have thrown a lot at him early, and I made sure to note that today because it was a hot topic. But, um, yeah, he's just he's just going to have to get better. As the game, Jeff, as the game slows down, those things become aware. He will become aware to those things. He'll know that when they bring that second guy late, I got this window for my curl to drop in. It, it, those things come with reps. He's playing good football still. He was 23 of 34 for – or something like that for 220 yards and two touchdowns didn't turn the ball over other than that fumble that doesn't really count as a turnover for him personally. Um, but no, he's playing. He's he's good. He's showing me, Jeff. This is just me, and you can jump in. I'm sorry, I'm on a long tangent. He's showing me what his floor is, and his floor is really high. I think it's good enough. Like he's he's his floor is good enough to win football games in the NFL. Now, if he continues to grow as team, because like teams have adjusted for him, he knows what he's going to get every week as this. As he finds ways to beat this and he gets a coordinator who comes becomes comfortable with ways to get the ball out of his hands fast, as he, as you saw on Sunday when he was when he had the ball out of his hands in under 2.5 seconds, he was 15 of 20 with 150 passer rating and two touchdowns. When you when they find more ways to get that going for him, he is going to dissect defenses. Now, whether that future is with Todd Haley or that future is with someone like uh, John Filippo, I'm just talking out loud. I'm not suggesting higher fire anything i'm just saying whoever they pair him with for the future that's where it's going to get interesting man because his floor is good his ceiling can be great it'll be interesting to see how he goes from here uh i think what we're seeing right now is is you need to and like i said before we hit the record button the long developing pass plays right now aren't doing anything because with an antonio callaway with a damian ratley even with a david najoku there's way too much youth here to hope that this all works out. And look, the O-line ties in here 
because they're not really, you know, uh, you know, you're going to get three seconds at best with them. So, and Baker and what he played in college, it was a lot of it was he knew where the open guy would be pre-snap. So get to more of that and look, and, and I'll give a hat tip and we'll get to this a little bit later with the defense. Greg Williams adapted last week. You know what, Demarius Randall, you're going to play corner because I need you to play corner and you've got experience there. I'm going to put Brian Body Calhoun at free safety. That worked out. Todd Haley kind of needs to do that here. I don't care what you've done in the past or me and Ben Roethlisberger did this. Ben Roethlisberger and Baker Mayfield are night and day as quarterbacks. So what you need to do is you need to realize that, A, number one, Baker likes to play at a faster pace. And you know, if you want to use the term basketball style, go ahead and use basketball style. Baker doesn't want the ball in his hands long. He wants it, wants to get it, find his guy. The problem is with these long-developing plays, and we saw it a little bit with the Chargers, and there were open guys, but it's just not the rhythm that Baker's used to accustomed to playing with. So you you adapt to what you have and, and, and make it work. And it's not a knock on Baker because even with you know a couple of bad days here, and I'm not saying Tampa was really one of them, but the Charger one obviously you know wasn't the greatest of days. Guy still looks really freaking good, and he's the best offensive player they have. And look, you know, is another tackle going to be needed? Sure. Somehow, some way, you're going to need one more guy in the wide receiver, whether it's a top shelf dude or you go get yourself a Danny Amendola or one of those guys where you know they kill on crossing routes and they're great guys to convert third downs. All stuff we're going to get to obviously in the months to come. But where, where we from where we started to where we are now. It's really good, and it's really, really coming together, and I'm enjoying every second of it. Guys, Jake Burns on here. Uh, great to get on here. Uh, you know, break down some offensive play. We're going to do some defensive play here. Uh, going through where we're at here, you know, just what, guys, it's crazy. Uh, one game away from the halfway point already. It's so nuts how the NFL season goes past. Obviously, guys, NBA is up and running. Locked on Cavs. Uh, my buddy Chris Manning over there does a fantastic job with it. For all you Cavs fans, Browns fans, all your you know, Cleveland fans, Locked on Cavaliers, Chris Manning. Put it in the rotation. Uh, now, Jake, um, Friday, hallelujah is the first thing I can say is, um, look, it, it wasn't a, a Carlos Hyde thing. He could still be here. I wouldn't have an issue with it. I understand team-wise where the issue comes into because if somebody is now your third running back, they're expected to do special teams duties and things of that nature, and that just ain't something Carlos Hyde's going to give you. Moved on from him. Told Nick Chubb, look, you're our guy. And you saw a lot more explosion. You saw some better vision. And you know, the problem I had with Carlos Hyde is I said there was some meat being left on the bone. That's not going on with Nick Chubb and what we saw on Sunday. No, he's he's very good, man. He's just very sound. Um, I'm, I'm going to cover his, his, his day for the OBR tomorrow. Um, but no, man, he's, he's very – what I've been impressed with, two things – Obviously, I know he's sound. He reads things well. I've been impressed with his ability to sort of find wiggle room and make one-yard gains, four-yard gains, make negative two-yard gain, a one-yard gain. He does that stuff really well. He has a way of – the issue with 34. Sure, sure. And, and you know we've talked about this. I, I didn't have like problems with Carlos Hyde, but I was certainly along the lines with you of understanding that – it's just pretty clear that that, that that Nick Chubb is better. So um, to kind of to keep going with that angle, he's he's very good at not taking 
body shots, meaning where defenders sort of square you up and you take those aggressive blows. He has a nice way of turning his body, contorting it to avoid those really heavy hits. Obviously, his balance is very good. We've known that from his Georgia days. But the burst that we're seeing from him, we did not see in his last two years at Georgia. I'm just going to say it. Like, he's – the Oakland racing angle stuff was – I mean, I, I just I kind of said, wow, wow, that's not what I expected with him when you drafted him. He's hitting speeds. He hit that one. Uh, they had a, a just a simple inside zone that they walled off really nicely. It was a big run up the middle, and you could you could see him. I think it was his long run of the day. I'm not yep. sure if you remember what I'm talking about, but he kind of hit that boom button. I don't know, video game players, the turbo button about eight yards downfield. And I thought he was just going to run through them because they were underestimating how quick he was getting on them. Now, they luckily got him down for Tampa Bay, luckily. But he has a level of speed that I, I'm just not sure we've seen since his Georgia or his freshman year at Georgia. So um, that part has been, for me, I'm just talking personally, unexpected. He he ran a 4-5-2 with the Yep. The combine, but he's playing with better football speed than his college tape the last two years showed. And and there's no denying that he is he was very close to if you take away a couple silly penalties, his debut is a hundred yards. He should have had two touchdowns if they give him the ball in that that unfortunate goal line situation more than once in four plays. He's good, man. Like they they got a player. Um, you know, people can complain about the third round. What I, I it's, it's it, second round, I'm sorry. He's a player. Like he's good, and I like and, and I like the feel between rotating him and rotating Duke, and it felt better to me. Um, you guys who have been pounding the table for him, obviously, kudos, nice job. It, it's 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 something I've wanted too, but I've been a little less vocal about it because um, you know I just kind of have my reasons about what I what I thought Carlos was doing for the team and the situation and all of that. But no, he's he's been every bit what we hoped for. He's been. Really productive. I thought he had a better day in pass pro. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how he'll be um, diversifying routes, but they don't need him to to catch a bunch of different routes. He's able enough to catch the football, so he's he's good, man. They got they got a player. Yeah, um, and actually, uh, he had two pass pro reps and PFF. Uh, you know, look, if you're in the 70s with anything, that's a good score, 77.5. And for all the talk we had heard about Carlos Hyde, his last two games as a Cleveland Brown. Both his pass pro grades for both those games were under twenty. So yeah, and that's probably what pushed him out the door. I mean, when they saw two really ridiculous games pass pro wise, and when you watched him give up the block that led to uh, Baker's interception there, yep, um, and, and against the Chargers, it was just kind of the writing was on the wall. When you when you hindsight it, they're probably sitting in the box just irate, saying we're holding out this kid chub because we don't think he can pass pro like he needs to um we have a better it yeah it just it became pretty clear i think to them at that point and uh you know you brought up his big run later in the game but before uh earlier before that he had the one and i went about six yards kickstand then broke a tackle and then what you know split two safeties had both of them bring him down that was another impressive run he he, he was just the better back Look, I can understand the, you know, we're just going to hold here a little bit. But for all you people, if, you know, and look, I wasn't one of them. Jake wasn't one of them. Oh, we can be a playoff team this year. Well, maybe it could have been. And everybody wants to say, oh, well, we could be 5-2 and two, or we could be 6-1. and one. Maybe if you played that guy a little earlier, that's somewhere you'd be. But look, at the end of the day, for me, it was never 18, Jake. I know you're the same way. It's all about 19. And the thing is, with the kinks, with Baker Mayfield and working through them, and Nick Chubb here, and you know, going to have to work through some pass pro kinks, 
Do it now. So that way, these guys have some confidence. And when they go into their offseason here, you know they know what they have to work on. They come in 19, they're game-tested ready, and they're field-tested ready because of the fact they've gotten enough experience, and they don't have to listen to coaches, and they don't have to listen to other people. They know themselves what they need to succeed at this level. And this is why you know I'm more excited about this second half than it was about how this first half and winning a couple of ball games and being competitive six through seven, because this team is going to be really good week in week out with a but with a young nucleus of ridiculous athletes who can play the game well and seem to really enjoy the game and are committed to it. Fun, fun times with that. Jake, receiving-wise here, uh, David Njoku, it's really starting to come together. Um, the route running the route running is not there yet, but I think Baker Mayfield is a smart enough quarterback that he can kind of work around it. Um, Jarvis Landry is starting to do Jarvis Landry Miami things. And look, you know, he was never going to be your true feature wide receiver one. 10-97 for a touchdown. This is the Jarvis Landry we were more familiar with in his Miami days. And that's, I'm fine with this. Look, the fact that we're paying them 14 million, guys, you know, I'm not cool with that. But 10 for 97, I'll live with that. That keeps drives going, puts you in better situations. We're seeing things like that. But the one of the things that I really do like, Jake, though, is you look at a Callaway, who's got an over 80-yard reception game. Damian Ratley's got an over 80-yard reception game. Willie's over 60 yards. And the one guy that nobody, you know, really understands and how crucial he is Rashard Higgins is working out to be Baker's guy, and when I'm in a tough situation, where's 81? Hopefully he's back this week. If he's not, I mean, we understand, but 81's become a crucial point of this offense because every quarterback's always got that dude they look for when it's in a tough spot. Yeah, so um, Higgins is obviously important. It's a good point. He's going to be a big part of this future here. Uh, and, 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 and as, as a whole, you talked about Najoku, uh, Jeff, they, he had the early drop on a ball that he, that he could have caught tough catch, but you know, the fan base likes to jump down his throat because the, it seems like the balls that he drops are very important situational throws. He doesn't drop first down throws <laughs> like he drops situational <laughs> throws, like where the offense is frustrated and, uh, they come back out another series and it's third and six and he drops a ball on the sideline that was that was a hard throw. It just it seems like his drops have just been very spotlight this season. So um yeah, but he's good, man. And I think that they need to understand that he is not not necessarily great working from the outside low parts of his body. Like that's where I think he struggles a little bit. If you look at his drops, he's dropped throws that are like at his waist or below. If you put it high for him, he seems to do really well bringing the football in. His obviously his yeah, high. You saw th- it because that was a one drive, and it was Landry first, and then it was Najoku second. Yeah, yeah, they 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 do a nice Baker job. Went he, high he really, with it. Yeah, he really had a couple nice high catches on turn hitches too. So he's he's doing better than the public wants to give him account, you know, uh, credit for. And I think he's certainly he's just going to be a good tight end. I don't ever think he's going to be. I'm not sure he's ever going to be an elite tight end. He's still very young. I think he's a good player. He's got to get better. and pa- He shouldn't be in pass pro anyway, but there are situations uh-huh. where they're going to keep him in. He's got to get a little better at that. He's still sort of an average to below average run blocker. That's never going to be his forte. 
And really, honestly, Darren Fells has been a bit of a disappointment in that regard, too. But n- neither here nor there. He's just going to be good. He's just going to be a good tight end who can make plays. You can trust to throw the ball up to and have a chance to come down with it. But I think they need to use him down the middle of the field a bit more. And they like they used him on that sort of um, just it was a fade. It was just he was a nub tight end on the backside and ran him and looped him on a fade. It wasn't anything crazy like an out and up. Just put him up against a safety and said, hey, man, go get a high point football. And he did. So that stuff he can do like he's going to be good at that. He's not going to be a great route runner by any stretch of the imagination. He sort of gallops. He doesn't do a great job of keeping his hips low and shifting in and out of cuts. So use him the right way. I think if they can use him the right way, he should be a five catches for 70 to 130 yards a game like that's just who he can be if you know given situational context and yak yards and all that stuff so um yeah Jarvis is Jarvis he's gonna make some 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 just tough tough catches man like the one he caught where Baker threw it across his body was really big time just a really tough catch going up catching it and taking a hit the ball that he caught and scooted across the goal line, that was a low throw. Not a great throw by Baker, really, when he didn't. He had a wide-open window that he could have had Landry walk into the end zone. But, uh, just to, man, that's just a great catch, Jeff. And, like, you need – I do think you need those guys. Like, okay, I get it. And this discussion has been had so many times in our, our, our corner of Twitter – He's overpaid. I get it. It's it is what it is in terms of his contract. Like he he's he's got. He, we will probably never see a weird albatross like Landry ever again in terms of just a ridiculously high volume of catches leading into a contract year, and with weird limitations on who he is athletically. But I do think he can be important for what they're doing here. I hope his time here doesn't get strangled by his 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 tension he puts on the cap. But he's he's needed. I I, I he's not going to be. The number one big time AJ Green, Julio Jones, you know De- DeAndre Hopkins type of wide receiver, but there's a niche for the types of catches and the things he does. Like he's good at that. He's he's just really good at making difficult catches um, that a lot of guys will drop, man. So he's he's fine, but he's got limitations, and they got to continue to try to figure out how to use him in any capacity. He's going to struggle against man. Like there's just no, unless they run him on some double moves, he has not run very many double moves. Like they are not doing, and a part of that is the length of the routes, but they're not running wide receivers on very many double moves. And I'm not even talking like long, deep double moves, but like, you know, slant returns and different sorts of things like seam and go type stuff. They're not doing much of that. Everything they're doing offensively is very straight line. And it's, but they did run some blaze out stuff, which is a blaze out is where you sell skinny post, put your foot inside foot in the ground, return to the sideline. They did some of that stuff, but they didn't have time to throw it. But I just I need some quicker double move stuff. I think that stuff can be effective. And Baker wants to get rid of the ball quicker. He's working on it. He in Oklahoma he didn't get rid of the ball quickly because he liked to throw into what he knew was developing behind it. He's trying to break that habit in the NFL. I think he is. They need to give him some quick double move answers. Just something. They did a little. They did a nice job with some some fake tunnel screens and fake quick screens and throwing like the balls you're talking about that one to Njoku uh, up the seam there was a fake tunnel screen where they yep. sold tunnel screen quick and put it up the hash like that stuff that's good man that opens windows so um you know the wide receiver group Callaway's snaps were limited as they should be less thinking more full go when he gets out there had a nice crossing route catch that was thrown just a little bit behind him he turned into a first down on third and six he'll be fine they just got to keep bringing him along Ratley was a little quiet but he made a couple grabs he's a wide receiver four type that's what he should be his rookie year so um no, they're they're okay. They're not a good group by any stretch, and they need they need to probably spend some free agent dollars or some draft capital there in the offseason. We'll deal with that later. But 
you know, for the most part, if they're used the right way, they're asked to do a little bit more initial double t- double move quick stuff, allow them to get in space, they can be better. When you put those guys downfield on long crossing routes or or you know post wheel concepts like they ran a lot of Sunday, they're going to struggle. They're just not going to r- they're just not going to run past a lot of guys, and they can be covered. And then and, and that's a lot of what we're seeing. So it just it's on Haley, man. You got to find a way to get the scheme these guys open, get them on some quick throws, get them on some quick double moves, run some slants, run some slant returns. You know that sort of stuff helps the rhythm, helps everybody feel good, and then it opens up stuff down the field. The thing that bothers me, and I'm, I'm on a tangent again, man, I'm sorry. The, <laughs> thing, the, the thing that bothers me is their play action is really poor. The only way they play action is vertical pass drops for their quarterback. They run no boot stuff. They run no yep. easy throws. They don't give Baker any easy throws other than a few. They ran a couple speed outs, like they started the game with a speed out. They ran a couple screens, but there just aren't many throws in a game where he just gets an easy throw. Like They don't do that so their play action is all vertical you know vertical under center vertical drop one two three balls out for a fake one two three four five off the fake deep pass sets, deep routes like those are challenging for your 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 tackles they're challenging for your wide receivers working deep downfield with a group that doesn't excel deep downfield like i know the browns are in the top five of throw balls thrown 20 yards downfield so I just think they need to do a slight philosophical change in what areas of the field they're trying to attack in the passing game. I hope we see it. I'm not sure if we will because, you know, Todd likes what he likes and he's running an offense he thinks will work. But I think I've kind of put it where I'm at with it. It's just it's sometimes it's easy to sit in a chair behind a computer screen and talk about, well, this play should be called or that play should be called. But I do think that what they're doing is putting themselves behind the sticks and running prolonged routes that are giving the the offensive line wide receivers and their quarterback dealing with those adverse effects around him some trouble. And that that well and that's the problem you have here with with the head coach that you have, the offense coordinator you have and the defensive coordinator you have. You have three guys here who, you know, their livelihood and where and their futures are on the line. But at the end of the day, you know, look, it's not really about wins or losses right now. It's about player development. And this is something that they, I mean, they have to look at themselves in the mirror and, you know, look, Todd Haley's got to look himself in the mirror week in, week out. Am I doing everything I can to make Baker Mayfield a better quarterback? And that's what these guys got to do. And look, if they start to adapt a little bit, this team could end up with a, you know, a five-win season, a six-win season. And that alone is a yeoman's effort. But they, they... it's it's got to be that way. It's not. This is the way I do things. It's got to be the. What can I do to put you in the best position to be the best player you are? And that's what they have to do, guys. The Locked On NFL Podcast. Matt Williamson, uh, fantastic job. Monday shows you get guys like myself, guys of you know the Locked On Steelers, Locked On Patriots, Mark Schofield, guys that he puts together a lineup like that of the biggest games over the weekend. Tuesdays you get former NFL quarterback Sage Rosenfeld. You're gonna get a lot of solid NFL talk, obviously with a guy like Sage. Mike Renner from PFF on Wednesdays. You get Mike Sando from ESPN on Thursdays. Matt does his NFL Pick'em show on Fridays. Locked on NFL podcast with Matt Williamson. Go ahead, guys. Put it into the rotation. Now, Jake, I just want to kick it over to the other side of the ball here a little bit. And there's something we've been... You look, um, if you play seven NFL games and four of them go to overtime, yes, the amount of snaps you, you take are going to be insane. But the defensive side, it's been very high. And the problem is, is you look at some of the guys who are going to be the cornerstone of this defense and this franchise going forward. 
It's insane, and they're not doing themselves any favors. Larry Ogunjobi, I do believe the one I saw today, has a hundred more snaps than the next defensive tackle in the NFL. Yeah, it's wild. They're really not using much of their depth. Um, and I don't care if they're good or not. They just have to go out there because you've got to protect the gold. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like, Miles Garrett at the end of this game, if you if you guys are able to catch it, um, you know, on uh, – He was on, barely uh, lining up. He was barely br- br- putting his br- hand br- in the ground. He was, he was exhausted. The last sack he had, he didn't even really move off the line. He really kind of – he did. He sort of lazily – not lazily, but fatigueishly bull rushed into um, – into his man, then sort of hit a quick spin and got around, and it was a delayed sack. But no, well, that's they, what, they, I mean, they, that's what Jameis Winston will do for you. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's that's true. Um, they got to find a way, man. They have got to find a way to to get those guys a break up front. That's why you watch like Carl Nassib really hurt the Browns, and you're like, God, man, like, <laughs> yeah, you need, you you need guys that you just need guys that you trust, and they don't trust Zettel, they don't trust Davis, they don't. I don't even know who the else they're having play at the other, you know, as, a, as a, they not play Price. Chris Smith anymore. Right. Yeah. Chris Smith, he got a dozen snaps. Brian Price yeah. got some snaps. They're not playing those guys enough. And you've played five, four, sorry, four overtime games, which is nearly equivalent to an extra game on your schedule. I mean, they're only 10 minute periods, but um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a problem that they have to rectify because, of course, they're going to lead most of the league in snaps because they've played an extra game. But they're playing these guys a good portion of the game, and it is going. if it's not catching up with them now, which some could argue and I would argue it is catching up with them now, it is, uh, it's going to catch up with them later in the year, and that's when injuries happen. Mm-hmm. So, And that's the same got, thing I'm saying, though, yeah. from the other side of the ball, though. It's, you've got to look. I mean, Greg Williams, look, well, I want to win. I want to win. win. No, making these guys better players and keeping them fresher so they can prosper and develop into players, that's what's going to help your coaching resume. Not that, oh, we went 4-11-1. That's not going to do anything for you. People are going to say, oh, well, look what Greg Williams did with Miles Garrett. Look what he did for Miles Larry Ogunjobi. And that's what they've got to focus on. Yeah, they, 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 have, to, they have to bring those others around they're playing brian price a little bit more i think up front um yeah they, they just got to bring them along they're they're playing them too much and like joe Schobert's injury to me was a direct reflection of fatigue you can only run your mic back or deep middle and coverage so many stinking times before he gets fatigued or hurt and like his hamstring gave out so they 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 have to find a way to find some balance. They need to be able to trust the guys on the roster to to be able to play. And if they don't trust these guys, then why did you let the likes of, um, you know, why did you let the likes of Nassib and Orchard go? I, and I get those guys are sort of fringe players, but you at least can trust those guys to go in and be somewhat respectable. So and Greg Williams obviously had the faith in them because they played meaningful snaps while they were here. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. So it's. It's interesting. I'm not sure if it's tied to regime change or you never know. You never know what the decision is behind closed doors, so you sort of leave it at that. But uh, for the most part, um, they, they, they have got to figure out these guys on the roster. Chad Thomas is another body that they drafted. What on earth? Who pounded the table? Um, but even still, though, make or break them. 
Do we have yeah. a play? I mean, is he going to be here in 19 or not? And the only yeah. way we're going to know is if he takes snaps. Yeah, you're right, Jeff. It, it's it's a problem. And, and you know, we'll talk about the secondary too, but there's no doubt that up front, if they want to have any success later in the year, and that might not matter all too much ultimately with what happens in the next three weeks, but if they want to have success later in the year, they're going to have to play those guys or you're going to get some of your big names hurt. So, And, that's, and the last thing you want is one of these foundational pieces – spending their off-season rehabbing as opposed to you know honing their craft and that's what I'm worried about. We're going to yeah. go here to the secondary now. Uh and you know I will I want to give them credit because Greg Williams the first sign of adaptation we've shown. You know put to, you know put Randall at cornerback. Uh and Breen Body Calhoun got out of witness protection and I, this could be the way it's going to go right now. And it's tough. EJ Gaines is a player everybody likes, but I think everybody's to the point where EJ Gaines, it's always the same thing. Oh, EJ Gaines is good. Uh, EJ Gaines is hurt. Um, so whether or not, I mean, and I'm not even sure if EJ Gaines is able to go this week, they're still not going to go this route because it seemed to really work this week. Uh, you know, Body Calhoun you know, took to free safety. I mean, he looked really, really good. And Randall... You know, as he gets a little bit more comfortable with you know getting back to the position, I think you're okay with him and Ward. This could be something we see going further. Yeah, I made note of that. I tried to at least think it was a possibility because they 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 clearly showed that they wanted to try body at safety in the preseason. I thought he was really good in that Philly game where yep, uh, it was the national yeah it was yep. the national game where um, the, I think Randall couldn't go in warmups. They it was sort of a late late call after warmups, so they played him there. And I thought he looked really comfortable and and looked effective. So everybody clamors about his his beginning of his career at slot corner, and like I I get that he was he was pretty good there. Um, but 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 I think something's gone on. He's just not comfortable playing that position right now. So they're gonna. They, I thought that it was possible that to avoid putting body out there, like he got exposed week one against Juju. Uh, three targets, three catches for 120 yards. Instead of putting yourself in a really bad situation at slot against a team loaded with wide receivers, that they might just keep carry inside where he's shown a lot more comfort and uh, put body back at safety and bump Randall to to just play a respectable level of corner um, against you know the likes of Mike Evans, which I thought he did. So that was important, and, and it, it shook out that way. That was the way they decided to go, and I thought it made a lot of logical sense. They got really good snaps from body uh, at safety. I think he has a future there in the NFL, and they got you know good enough snaps from Randall at corner. So it gives them position flexibility all over the field. They want to bump Randall down in a game, they can bump him down. They want to bump body down, they can bump him down. You know, those are those are things that they can do. So. Um, yeah, just it was good, man. Good secondary play. Denzel Ward did Denzel Ward things. That that break up on the touchdown ball to uh, um, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson was just a just really freaking great stuff. So yeah, good good secondary play. Carry with a nice punch out to create a turnover. Yep. Um, yeah, man, just just good to see all over the field for them. And that's the thing now. And this is what I'm talking about with uh, you know with uh, you know Bodie Calhoun. Get him kind of like you did with Jabril Peppers. You got him comfortable again. You got him feeling like he was a piece again. And you saw a little cover two in Baltimore where he looked good. The big hit in the end zone. Should have gotten fined. Should have gotten a penalty. He didn't. Whatever. I'm not going to complain about that. But get these guys right again. Get them comfortable again. And then, you know, whether it's three snaps, four snaps, five snaps, ask them to do something that is not within their normal role 
and they're going to be a little more comfortable doing it. You get EJ Gaines back this week. Now you're comfortable again because we were to the point where, you know, Calhoun was gone. I mean, it was not a part of the secondary. And maybe this can help you absorb, you know, the loss of Terrence Mitchell. And look, you know, what you know, when you were down to your fourth and fifth cornerbacks across from you one, that's what showed, you know, Greg Williams it was a good job on his part. And, you know, we, me and Pete Smith kind of joked on the post game. Maybe it wasn't Greg Williams. Who knows who came up with the idea. But somebody's going to take credit. But it worked out well. But you have guys now with a lot of versatility. You've got two free safeties who have cornerback experience. Uh, you can use them both in dime. Put them both back there if EJ Gaines is able to go. And you've got carry. There's just so much more you can do. And it creates, uh, you know, it creates, it, it makes for easier assignments and it makes for a lot more difficult time for the opposing quarterback it's just something you can do but the bottom line here jake and i keep harping on is continue with the player development look there's a good chance all three of them are gone it really is but what do you want to walk into that next interview process that you're going to go through is well look what i did with so-and-so in cleveland look what i did with this guy look what i did here that's what's going to save these guys it should be about getting everybody better because that's what's going to make these coaches look better yeah, good. That's good, man. And really spot on too about what they're doing with their next job. They got to look at the big picture, and um, you know the Browns need to look at it from a higher organizational standpoint of big picture too when they make this decision on who they're keeping and who they're firing, and that those decisions could come midseason. So, good point, Jeff. Good point overall. That move worked out, you know, the best for everybody. So uh, with with Bump and Randall, and I think I, I probably think Greg Williams is reading my tweets. It's no big deal. So, um, <laughs> you know, you know, we'll, we'll take it for what it's worth. Yeah, I don't think Greg Williams could set up a Twitter account if he could. But <laughs> I I'll tell you he, what, if I don't you think t- he can type. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> if you told me any one of these three guys, whether it was Hugh Haley or Greg Williams, who has the best opportunity to be part of the 2019 Cleveland Browns? It's Greg Williams. Greg Williams, look, there are probably 10 or more NFL teams that wouldn't even let him come interview. He's never going to be a head coach. And I'll tell you right now, I don't think Greg Williams would ever want to be a positional coach. He's got, the only thing he would want to do, you know, he, he wants to be a defensive coordinator. If they go offensive, whether it's a DeFilippo, whether it's a, a Lincoln-Riley, which I know a lot of people think is a cool idea, but look, as much as Baker and Lincoln-Riley are cool with each other, you're talking about your professional livelihood on the line and a lot of money to go hand-in-hand. Hand. It's it's a little interesting how that could work out. Plus, it's a lot easier for Lincoln-Riley for his life if he stays in Norman. But if you get an offensive-minded guy, and I keep going back to this one of the McVet, uh, Sean McVay and Wade Phillips, where you hire a nice, brilliant offensive mind who says, look, I yes, I may be the head coach, but I don't want anything to do with that side of the ball. Greg Williams says, perfect. We're going to be great together. I'll talk to you, what, yeah, week seven, you want to have lunch? Because I'm going to do my thing, you do your thing, and hopefully this all works out. Yeah, you're right, man. That's that's what they're they they just need to stay out of each other's way and um, you and know because I think the more assets Greg has, it, it's going to work better for him. And I think Greg will not be as crazy blitz happy if he looks around and says, "All right, well, I've got 23 guys on defense and I'm comfortable playing 20 of them." Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. It's it's. The whole thing is going to be very interesting, Jeff, in terms of the next three weeks. Is I do think it's going to define some of their season in terms of the future of. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm talking offensively. Is is who's going to call things um, moving forward? So I, 
you, you, it's it's all I'm saying is this. I said it before the Tampa Bay game that they needed to get that game because this is a rough stretch, and if things get tight, it could be a uh, voice from above that drops a hammer, and people didn't want to get you know kind of believe me. But with with the way it went, it's it's going to be interesting, and I don't know if they're going to keep Greg. I I don't I don't know what they'll do. If is is a swift, quick, clean house the angle? This is a conversation for another day, but. Um, yeah, just just keep just really got to keep grinding and 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 trying to change the mentality of the group and at the same time understand that your jobs are on the line right now and you're really coaching for survival heading into the bye week in a few weeks. Yep, and 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 that's kind of where we're headed here guys. And but it doesn't matter guys because it's the it, it's now the players. It's now the talent. And look, you know, with 31 of 53 as the lay the changeover last year, now it's more of a kind of like you know, like, it's the last things to finish your house. Well, we need a new couch. You know, you're going to need a tackle. You're going to need another corner. Probably going to need another receiver. Um, the way the linebacker position is going to work out, maybe you're going to need a linebacker and a pass rusher. They've got 10 draft picks. They've got $60 million in cap space. Just develop what's here, and let's see what the finest, the, the final pieces of the puzzle are. Because week in, week out, this team is putting together a solid effort and taking these games to the wire. And this is what we're shooting for. Jake Burns joined us here tonight, guys. Locked on Browns. Uh, guys, we always have a good time together. Sometimes I'm glad I hit the record button because sometimes we'll just get talking. I almost forget about it. Um, follow Jake's work over at the OBR, Cleveland.com. Uh, obviously, all the, you know, the, the podcast, the, the Browns film, uh, film breakdown, all of the stuff he gives you for free on Twitter. Guys, it may not last forever. You know, Jake's got a family to feed. Jake, anything you need to push before we let you go here, buddy? No, man. Usual stuff. Uh, you know, Jake underscore Burns 18, Browns from Breakdown, follow along, weekly OBR, Cleveland.com stuff. Just uh, just appreciate all the love lately and support. And, um, yeah, man, let's just hope they can keep winning some games and making life fun. Uh, Jake, well, when I kind of first took over this, I was looking around and I kind of said, you know what, I need a Cleveland Browns Mark Schofield type of guy. And boom, one, it was. I know it was a Monday and I started to see your post. I was like, oh, my God. Here's the guy. It's Jake Burns. And it, it, it's been a great relationship between the two of us. It's a great working relationship. And, guys, a lot of conversations me and Jake have literally have nothing to do with football or Cleveland Browns. We truly enjoy each other. And his success I am so happy for. Uh, it, it, it's fun how it works together the way between the two of us because it, it, it's a lot of joking around and we have fun. And at the same time, we're getting things done. And you guys all seem to appreciate it. Follow the Lockdown Browns Twitter account, guys, and keep it follow back. You guys have been doing a fantastic job with that. iTunes rating reviews, guys, they're important to the show. Please continue with that. Uh, follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, I appreciate everything, guys. Uh, you know, Obviously, everybody knows it's been a tough week for me. Um, you guys have been fantastic. Your support, all the messages. I cannot thank you enough. Until we talk t- next time, let's go Browns. LGB on the LOB. <laughs>